Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good morning. It's your it's your host Keith Woolrich here on the initial initial podcast, or I should say, a follow up to conversations with cousin Keith with brother to brother. Here we will have some discussions with some everyday men of color who are doing everyday things, as Sly and the Family Stone said, everyday people just getting involved, doing what they do the best they know how. Many of us may not be, you know, five-star athletes, or maybe one time we were. Uh, we may not be big-time authors, big-time news sources, big-time influencers, but I would say this. We are influencing our families and friends every single day by being on the street. So today to kick off this broadcast, I have a good friend of mine. I would say this dude knows R&B hip-hop better than I do. I have to give him credit. But before I bring him on into the room, I just want to read a little bit about Mr. Lamar Henderson. Uh, Lamar, over 17 years, has been the program supervisor for the Merced County Human Service Agency All Dads Matter Fatherhood Program. Mr. Henderson has presented at numerous fatherhood and family conferences nationwide. He is also an author. He has written many titles and books. He's involved with trauma-informed programming. He deals with fatherhood programs, ladies and gentlemen, all over the United States. He has been recognized on the local, state, and national levels for his work with fathers and families. He is the recipient of the inaugural Hands-On Hero Award and was honored with the 2012 President's Award of Service. Mr. Henderson is also a husband himself, a loving father and grandfather. Please help me welcome to the podcast, Mr. Lamar Henderson. What's up, baby? What's up, Mr. Keith? What's up, cousin Keith, Mr. Woolridge? <laughs> what a pleasure it is to be here today. Thank you so much, man. Man, Thank no problem. So man, man, you know what? I'm just honored that you would you would you would come aboard, man, again on this inaugural brother the brother podcast you know father's day literally is sunday so i really wanted to do something to highlight and i know that you this is what you do you you empower men to be better fathers than maybe sometimes our fathers were giving them the tools because i know when i became a father didn't have all the tools, my man. I I, I I made some mistakes. I think I did some things well, but I also made some mistakes along the way. And so today, Lamar, I want you to just help the men that are out there and maybe even their spouses or children that are listening on what it takes to be a father. What does Father's Day mean to you? And inform and educate us, my friend. Okay. Well, thank you so much once again for having me. Um, you know, this fatherhood um, purpose for me is just that. You know, it's a purpose. It's amazing that um, one could be in an occupation that is driven by their internal purpose. And so this is exactly um, where I should be in this moment. Um, and so you, you asked a culmination of questions, but I think what I'll do is I'll start this conversation with sharing a little bit about the work that we do here in Merced County. And that can be a segue into our conversations in regards to ways that we can support and serve fathers and really you know, you have to understand that my approach to fatherhood and this work is all strength-based. It's all strength-based. So many times uh, when you talk about fatherhood services and fatherhood programs, you got three resources. You got um, 
child support or get a job, parenting classes, anger management, and sometimes DV classes. That seems to be the four entities in which, you know, uh, agencies have provide support for fathers. But what if you don't fall into any of those categories? What's available for you? And to me, that's so deficit driven. You know, it's really not looking at um, the the potential. It's really not looking at, um, you know, being optimistic, optimistic about this, this topic. So with all dads matter, that is our approach, you know, very strength based. Um, we have an all dads matter resource center. Um, and what I love about it is that it's a, it's a very aesthetically pleasing um, building. It's located off the campus of the main human services agency. It's one of our newer buildings within the county. Um, it's really, you know, a place where fathers and families could come in and really get services, um, get get connected with services within the community, be it um, county, county services, uh, government agencies, uh, community-based organizations or faith-based organizations. We can help make that uh, connection and navigate those different systems. Um, we have paralegals that we have access to. So we dads that have uh, family court cases or uh, even CPS cases, we can um, connect them with a paralegal that can pull up their case and make sure that their needs are being met. Um, we have men's support groups that meet in English and Spanish at uh, several different locations within our county. Um, we have a complete catalog of male engagement activity workshops that we offer at every Head Start site in our county. Um, and there's 16 Head Start sites in Merced County and each, each site gets two visits. So 32 different workshops per calendar year, which is focused on engaging and inviting fathers into the education process with their children um, by using fun and easy things that they do every day. Uh, we have a workshop for first-time or expectant dads called Boot Camp for New Dads. It's a one-day, three-hour workshop for first-time fathers. And this is a great way to kind of start our conversation because we, in this workshop, we start the workshop off with two very profound questions. The first question we ask is, give me words that describe your dad. And we have a large piece of post-it paper. And it's interesting, whenever we ask that question, it gets very quiet in the room. I, I'm thinking about my answer right, right now. Right. 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 And then you eventually someone will say, well, he was a hard worker. He was a provider, disciplinarian, teacher, you know, coach. Um, but inevitably, someone in that workshop says, well, can I say anything? And of course, it's a safe space. You know, say what you need to say. And that's when you hear words like, um, I don't know. I never met him. Or um, he was a liar or he was an asshole or he was an alcoholic, but whatever they say, we put on the paper, okay? Um, second question we ask, and these are the guys who are about to be fathers. You know, their babies are on the way in the next 90 days or so. The, sex, the second question we ask is, imagine that it's 15 years from now, and I'm talking to your child. If I ask your child, give me words to describe your dad, what will your children say? And that's Ooh. when you hear things like, best dad ever, always there for me, loving, kind, funny, active, safe, honest. And what they're really doing is they're describing the father that they always wish they had. But whatever they say, we put on the paper. And then we, once they're done, we hold the two sheets up next to each other. And we say, let's take a look at the two different sheets. Notice there are some words that we used to describe our dad that made it to the way we want our children to describe us. 
But then notice that there are some words that we use to describe our dad that did not make it to the way we want our children to describe us. Our goal is how do we get from this dad to this dad? How do we make that evolution? Because I don't know how many times I've had men in my office, Keith, that are struggling with their relationships with themselves, that are struggling with their relationships with their partners, that are struggling with their relationships with their children. And I always ask them, well, who taught you how to be a dad? Right. You know, and many times I hear, well, you know, when I was a kid, I, I said I was never going to be like him. But now I look in the mirror and guess who I see or I open my mouth and guess who I hear? You know, so it's really the one of the first opportunities. I'm sorry. No problem. No problem. It's well, interesting first, you, you said yeah. that because yeah. I'm thinking about my dad. The two uh -huh. most important people that were father feathers for me were my 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 maternal and my my maternal grandfather, my mother's dad, my dad, and my I had kind of a strained relationship with my dad's dad, but he still was there, and and I could see those characteristics in me and, and all three of those men. Yes, yes, you are a culmination of those three influences, you know. And but our goal as fathers is how do we evolve it? You know, for those fathers, those young men who are about to be fathers for the first time or about to be dads, the understanding is you have an opportunity to rewrite the legacy of fatherhood in your family by who you are in the life of your children. And it's wow. not about being perfect. It's right? just about being perfect for them. It's interesting you said that because I always feel like I'm not good enough as a father you know if you know we have these tendencies as men to at times especially because i have four wonderful smart beautiful intelligent daughters right mm -hmm. and I, I i struggle between that grace and that firmness does that make any sense what i'm saying Lamar? absolutely it makes sense and and absolutely. i and, and now as they're adults i'm wondering did i get that mixture right <laughs> does it was i yeah. too hard or was i too soft because it's a hard world what did teddy pendergrass you teddy p man it's yeah. a cold cold world right yeah it's a cold it's a cold, cold, cold world, world. yeah but, do I did I not hug them enough sometime or was I too hard? You know, and I wrestle with that now, especially as they they're, they're they're adults. Right. And I think that all of us as fathers, as parents um, can sometimes question, you know, um, our competence as fathers, as parents. But you have to understand, too, that um, there is no class that you take Well, there is now boot camp for new dads. But <laughs> there was no there's no book. You know, there's no lessons. It's interesting that in order to drive a car, you got to take classes and pass a test before you and demonstrate that you can do it before you can drive that car. But to, have but to have children, there is no training. And what's unfortunate is most of the parenting classes that exist are only exist in the form of an intervention. Once there's been a negative thing or something unfortunate that has happened, then we got parenting classes, but we don't have anything for you before it starts. And so we're really just trying to navigate our course based on our own experience with our own parents, you know, with our own father, with the men that are around us. And I think it's uh, very common for us to struggle with um, our competence in that. But I can tell you, Keith, that... Um, one of the most important things, I think, I bet you if I asked your daughters that question, how was your dad as a father? You would be pleasantly surprised at their, at their answer. I think that they are definitely um, an outcome 
of the effort that we put into it. And understand this as well, Keith, is that as fathers, our children don't get the, the wisest version of ourselves at the beginning. They get the wisest version of ourselves at the end. <laughs> Isn't that right. true? And understand that they have to grow up with us. And as they're growing up with us, we're also going through our own traumas. We're also dealing with our own sense of self-worth. We're all de dealing with our own sense of self-esteem. You know, we're all trying to develop our own identity and develop our own sense of purpose. And they're evolving with us as they're growing up as children, too. But the beauty of it is they get to observe that. You know, this is life is a journey and they get to observe that. And they get to observe it through the eye, through the watchful eyes of their father. You know, one thing I remember my children telling me a long time ago, and I was, you know, you're going through through life challenges and and um, I was going through a difficult time of my own self-esteem and self-worth. And and it was when Lion King was out. Okay. Right. And Lion King, very hugely popular movie, one one that I love because of the amazing story it tells about the impact of a father on a child. And so um, I remember my wife telling me, you know what your daughter said to me today? I said, what did she say? She said, when will daddy see the king we see in him? Oh, wow. Wow. When will daddy see? You think that don't break a brother down? I know that had to break a <laughs> I know that had to. Okay. So... We're, we are conditioned to look at ourselves from our deficits, right? We don't count our blessings. We count our shortcomings, right? Hopefully right. the evolution is that at some point we can turn that around and start counting our blessings while we kind of work on our shortcomings with the understanding that none of us are perfect. We're all, we're all just a work in progress, you know? And your children didn't get a perfect father but they got the perfect father for them. That's huge. I wish I had a, that's tweetable, bro. That means, especially as we come up to this Father's Day and I look back on my relationship with my father. And, and, and again, I tried to write about it in my book, Five Pillars. And because you just said something to me. I called James when he was in his late, early twenties and thirties, when he yeah. was probably wrestling. And yeah. again, our relationship changed when he got my age because he yes. was wiser, things yes. of that nature. And, and that leads me to the, a question, if you don't mind me sharing, because again, I had a, you don't mind sharing, I had a great, I, sometimes it was tenuous, but you know, we from the same block, you know what I'm right. saying? So yes. James was there, you know, he had, the, he was, he was, my grandfathers were there. Those are the brothers that came out of the Korean war, Vietnam, born in the twenties, thirties and forties. So it was a different generation of brother, right? right? Right. What was your, if you're comfortable describing your relationship with your father and grandfathers and uncles? Oh. Oh, absolutely. You know, this is interesting. I'm glad you asked me that, um, you know, because many times people ask me, well, Lamar, what did you know? Why are you so passionate about this topic of fatherhood? And, you know, when did you get into this? You know, and, you know, my relationship with my father uh, was amazing, but it had to evolve into amazing, you know. Um, but I recall years ago, and I'll just kind of share this with you. I was probably it may be after my first year of college. And it was in the summertime and I was in the car with uh, my, my mom and my dad and my, my mom's friend in the backseat. And I we were coming from a family function and my, my parents friend was going through a, a tough divorce. 
and you know she was talking to my mother about you know how she felt about it and and how she felt about her soon-to-be ex-husband and um in the car um she made the comment something was said and then someone made the comment well girl you know black men ain't nothing ain't no good Woo! okay and that triggered something in me and keith i know we're all cut from the same cloth where you stay out grown folks business right Right. 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 But in that moment, I was inspired to say, how can you make a comment like that with my father sitting right there? And you still walking? I know. And the response was, I thought my father was going to lose control of the car. And I was like, (laughs) what? Ain't talking to you. Instead, you know, there there was a very avert, a visceral response to it. Right. Because I wasn't staying a child's place. But I felt compelled. I could not be comfortable allowing that comment to be made in the presence of an amazing black man who I loved and admired sitting right there who did not fit that criteria. You know? Yeah, because you're right, Lamar, and we're going to take this because this is what this show's about. There right. are these stereotypes yeah. about brothers that's going out and just sowing oats and seeds and not taking care of them and you know, the deadbeat dad and, you know, brothers, yeah. all they do, go out there and make right. them and don't provide. Right. I don't go, that has, that is not my testimony. I understand because you know what? I grew up with amazing uncles. All the men around me were great fathers. All the men around me, my fathers, my uncles, my grandfathers, my father's friends, they're all hardworking family men. My neighbors, you know, they were all hardworking family men. So this narrative of, you know, black men don't love their kids and better irresponsible, you know, and it's interesting, it's interesting to me that there's literally hundreds of millions of stories of amazing fathers out there, but that don't get you funded. What gets you funded is disparity. It's that narrative, right? Right. I choose to to go against that. Who wants to wear the T-shirt of the failing father? You know what I'm saying? So our program, our efforts is all about uplifting, encouraging, and holding accountable in a loving, compassionate way when it comes to being a father. All the dads, and I've literally worked with tens of thousands of fathers through the years, and I've never worked with one that said, you know what, I just don't care and I don't want to be a father. Every dad I've ever worked with truly wanted to be the best father they could possibly be. Many times they struggled with trauma. There are traumatic events, traumatic circumstances in their life that they haven't worked through that make the, make it difficult for them to feel safe in an intimate relationship. And there's no more intimate relationship than between a father and a child. Wow. With ladies there- and gentlemen, I'm talking with Mr. Lamar Henderson, executive director of All Dads Matter. And he's He's, he's hitting the, the nail right on the head that there are many people that do, especially men, not people, yeah. men that want to be involved in their children's lives. But as you said, examples are the go-karts of judgment, right? Good right. example, good judgment. Bad bad example, bad judgment. And what Lamar has given his life to is to help those men that want to be, be better. Lamar, what if the relationship is strained between a 50-year-old man, 30-year-old man, and his dad is still alive, what advice would you give 
to that person and those two men that may be listening today? I would say that the fact that both of them are alive is a gift and it's an opportunity. And we have to be willing to let go of resentment. We have to be forgiving. You know what I'm saying? We have to go into those, approach those relationships to, to deliver what we're there to receive. What do I mean by that? That means that reach out to your father. You know what I'm saying? Understand that your father is a work in progress too. That he was a work in progress when you were a child, just like you're a work in progress while your children are growing up. You know, sometimes the son has to lead the father. Sometimes you have to have the courage and model the courage and safety to allow your father to come into your life into a safe environment. So many times the, the, the guilt and shame are the barriers to love and health on the other mm. side, mm. right? So many of us are so bogged down with guilt. There ain't nothing that you can tell a man that he ain't told himself when it comes to failing in these relationships. And it's not uncommon. Matter of fact, it's very natural for us to self-punish by not allowing ourselves the intimacy of that relationship. Wow, Lamar. That's 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 another show in and of itself, brother. I may have to call you back, especially those of us of color having that conversation with ourselves because many times we refuse to or we just don't know how to. You know, as we get ready to close, and I have two questions for you, and this one's personal for me. Okay, we, we alluded to it earlier. You know, now I'm an empty nester. I, I, I have my four beautiful daughters. Uh, one has graduated from college and living her life. I got three more that are on their way within three years of graduating from school themselves. But I'm struggling because my babies are gone. Yeah. Does that make any sense? I'm struggling. And and, and and I and I know you understand that as well. And I'm sure a lot of brothers that are listening understand that, and men in general. But how do I handle that? These were my my babies, my little girls. You know, when I used to go to McDonald's and get everybody the same happy right. meal. <laughs> my daughters, my daughters teased me today about buying them buying them matching sweatsuits when they were in high school. Right. <laughs> but they're matching and they're cute. <laughs> Can you walk me through that? We know we got about six or seven minutes left. Can you walk me through that? Yeah, and I think that that's a that's a great question to be asking yourself. Um, we evolve in this role as a father from being direct, from giving directives to giving advice, right? And I think that we are in that season, Keith. Of you know, we were the warrior kings. We were the collector kings. Now we have to be the benevolent kings. Okay. Hold that. Say that again, brother. That's good. That was now good. Now we enter in that season of being the benevolent kings. You know, and what does that mean? That means that first and foremost, Keith, when you look at your children, you're looking at your finest work. You're looking at your finest work. All that you see in them that makes your chest stick out that makes your eyes well up is what you've poured into them, you know? And now they get to go out and practice all the things that you've taught them over the years. It becomes practical applications, all the lessons that they learned. 
and the role model you've been for them throughout their life, you know, um, is taking is 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 coming to fruition in their life now. They hear daddyisms all the time in their head. You know, someone once must once asked me, and I have two amazingly beautiful daughters, like I'm sure yours are, and they said, "Oh, your daughters are so pretty. You must keep a shotgun around behind the door at all times." And I says, "Absolutely not. I don't need to do that. I don't need to be." in their head because I'm in their heart. Oh, that's good. You know what I'm saying? And I set a high bar. I set a high bar by the way I treat their mother. I've set a high bar by the way I've treated them. I'm sure as you have, I've always dated my daughters. You know, they know how a man is supposed to treat a woman. They know how they're supposed to treat themselves. Um, And even when they're struggling, and this is something that I had to learn. You know, when our kids go through that era, you know, similar to ours where, you know, they're not making the best of decisions and, you know, you're kind of like, ah. But every time they look at me, they were seeing someone who was disappointed in them. And I came to understand one day that the most important opinion that my children have of themselves, besides the one that they have of themselves, is the one that they have, that their father has of them. So why would I not look at them like the potential that I see then in them. So when they look back into their, my face, they see someone who sees the best of them, who sees that, you know what, you're going through some things right now, but I have 100% confidence that you're going to come out on the other end and you'll do great things in this life. You know, there's one saying I'll leave you with. And this is something that said that once I learned it, it really like stuck with me forever. In school, You learn a lesson and then you get tested. But in life, you get tested, then you learn a lesson. Oh, that's so true. Oh, that is so true. And we have to be confident that our children are going to learn their own life lessons, you know, and we'll be there for them. We'll always be there for them. And they know that. And, and, And for them to know that no matter what's going on, if I make a poor choice or a bad decision, I should never have to be afraid to call my dad because he's the one that I know I can call that's going to be there for me. Ladies and gentlemen, my brother Lamar has has put it, as Joe Madison says, where the ghost can get it about being a good father. And in the, in the 90 seconds we got left, my dear brother, if you can, tell me and tell the listening audience What does Father's Day mean to you? You know, for me personally, Father's Day takes on a much deeper meaning. Um, 26 years ago, we lost our father on Father's Day. You know, um, he died very suddenly of a very rare and aggressive muscle tissue eating virus. Um, But six months before my dad passed away, I had an amazing moment with him that I'll share with you now. Um, I was down in Bakersfield, where I'm from, my home roots, visiting my family. It was in January, and my dad was putting the Christmas decorations away in the garage. And by then, I was a father and a husband, and we were just talking, chopping it up, talking about work, talking about kids. And I noticed that it was a different conversation. It wasn't a conversation between a father and a son. It was a conversation between two fathers, two husbands. And my father was affording me a level of respect that I wanted from him my whole life. And I felt like I arrived. 
And in that moment, I felt compelled to share with him how I felt about it. And I said, Dad, I want to tell you something. He said, I'm a junior. He called me June. He said, what's up, June? I said, Dad, I want to tell you how much I love you. I want to tell you how much I appreciate the kind of role model and father you've been to me and my brothers. I said, I know I wasn't an easy kid to raise, but you never gave up on me. And I want to thank you for that. And it caught my dad off guard because it's not like we always talk like that. And he turned and he looked at me and he says, wow, June, you know, um, I love you too. <laughs> right? right. Said, well, you were never a hard kid to raise. You were already a really good kid. And then he says something to me that stuck into my heart that healed my spirit. My dad looked at me out this time as a 26-year-old, 32-year-old grown man, father of my own. And he said, son, if I had to raise you all over again, I wish I would have held you more. Oh. So good people, if you love somebody, tell them that you love them. If you need to forgive somebody, forgive them. If someone needs an apology from you, apologize to them. You know, we get to choose our own regrets. So let's do our best to choose them wisely. So that's what I will leave you with. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, Lamar Henderson. Would you please tell the people, again, thank you so much, my man, a phone number or an email address where they can reach you, just in case the dad wants to continue this conversation with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can reach me on by phone at 209-385-7521. You can go to our website at www.alldadsmattermerced.org. You can find us on Facebook um, and you just reach out to us. You can email us at alldadsmatter at countyofmerced.com. And we respond to our emails nearly daily. All right. You know, our services are not exclusive to Merced County residents. You don't have to be an HSA client. We just want to be here for you in every every capacity that we can, because great fathers raise great children. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate you. I want you to have a wonderful Father's Day. And I pray all the brothers that have heard this, please, this Father's Day, I think the greatest gift we can give ourselves it's the hug our baby. So with that, thank you so much, Brother Lamar. Love you, man. Look forward when I get home to come chop it up with you, baby. Absolutely. It sounds All good. Right. See you All soon. Right. Happy Father's Day. Good.